Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of Self-Care You Podcast. I'm your host Sharon, the number one self-care giver in the world. And so for this episode, you are in for another treat with another guest for this podcast. And this is the lovely Holly. And one of the things that she is passionate about, she's passionate about being an advocate for mental health wellness. So enjoy, enjoy this episode and you will also learn a lot too. Howdy, howdy, everyone. This is Sharon for another episode of Self-Care You Podcast. And so with Self-Care You, remember, it's the intersection of self-care, advocacy, and compassion for self-caregivers. And I'm your host, Sharon, the number one self-caregiver in the world. And for this episode, we have a lovely, lovely, lovely guest. We have guest Holly and we will learn more about her of how you can self-care you. Hey, hey, hey. Hi there, Holly. I'm so glad that you're here to join us for this episode. And so tell us a little bit about yourself. Howdy ho, everybody. Bonjour. Buenas noches, wherever you are. Uh, my name is Holly. Um, I am a mother of two toddlers, uh, my three-year-old Serenity and my two-year-old Sincere, and I am a fellow podcaster as well, um, and I'm also a huge advocate for mental health awareness. So, Most definitely, and one thing I want to say when you were talking, and even though we were talking before, but for some reason, that on is just like... It's just glowing you, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, ooh, look at her. (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely so you. And so you say that you are a mental health advocate. Um, Tell us like how you got started in being a mental health advocate, what led to it, and pretty much how it can help others. So uh, my mental health advocacy, um, I've been doing it actually for a long time, but I more so made it a greater mission at the end of last year. Um, What made me an advocate for mental health is the stigma in the Black community about mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that people think that if they look for any kind of help, that they're considered weak. And I want to be that advocate to tell people like, hey, if you're out there getting help, that doesn't make you weak. It makes you a strong individual. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's why I'm here to make sure that people are getting the resources and the tools that they need to make sure that they're taking care of their mental health. Because y'all, mental health is just as important as your physical, emotional, sexual health as well. So uh, the way I got started with it is um, I have PTSD myself and anxiety and depression, unfortunately. Um, if I can go ahead and say where all of those came from. Yes. Um, my, sure. my firstborn was murdered July, mm-hmm. 2008. Um, and I was 15 when I had her and she died when she was two weeks old, she was drowned. Mm-hmm. And that's where everything started. I found her floating face down in a bathtub. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a lot for anyone, and especially at such a young age, too. Yeah, it was it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, and then the police investigation here was a joke, too, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, mm. um, yeah, so that's where the PTSD um, originated from. I have flashbacks yeah. of seeing my baby in a tub, mm-hmm. and um, that... It's been going on for almost 15 years. Yeah. And um, it's not an easy thing. I, I try to navigate it as best I can, which is the self-care part. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, obviously, you guys know that depression and anxiety came from that situation as well. Now, what made me a huge advocate, especially now, is 
last year, 2022, um, I lost five family members. Hmm. And um, it uh, it almost broke me down. It really That's did. It lot. almost broke me down. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. I never, yeah. I've never seen anyone lose. Like my, it was my mom. My mom lost four siblings mm-hmm. last year. And then a cousin. So it's it's been it's been rough, but yeah, within within that grief, I decided to turn it into something positive because I didn't want to sit here and slouch and cry and be mourning. I mean, obviously, I still mourn my aunties and my uncles, but yeah, I wanted to turn that grief into something positive and maybe tell my story and maybe someone would hear it and they'd be like, Hey, I've, you know, I've been through that. And thank you, Holly, for sharing your story. And you made me want to make sure I fixed myself. You know, that's, that's me, you know? So that's, that's why I became an advocate because we all, we all deserve a better, a better us. Yes, most definitely. And, and also when it comes to that, I mean, um, no one ever knows what they're going to experience. And when someone hears or sees someone else's story that they can identify with, it really helps them. I know um, a couple of years ago, um, I was talking to a guy and he was saying he was listening to a podcast. And then when he was listening to that podcast, that's when he identified with himself that he was experiencing, I can't remember if it was depression or anxiety, because he just thought that it was just one of those things that you kind of just go through and it was just a part of life, but he didn't know that there was like a thing to it. You know what I mean? And so just in saying that, that helped him navigate you know, through, um, I just say his experiences. And now he's a advocate for mental health and he's doing some wonderful things out there. Um, but just to be able to identify, you know, and just know that there's a name, but then also know that there's a way to get through it, you know? Cause I think that's the part too, that people don't realize. Um, the other thing I want to just kind of touch base on like when it comes to grief, and I'm a um, a big um, advocate of this, is uh, something that people don't talk about a lot when it comes to grief is the visceral effect, meaning like what your body goes through when you lose. No one really talks about that. And I think that that's the part that people probably deal with more and like by me being in mental health, I've come to realize when we're helping people, and I wasn't even taught in this way, that more of the somatic part of it, it's like what your body goes through when you're feeling all of these emotions. And it's like we run away from it, but we don't even realize we're running away from it. We're thinking it's the thought or like the feeling of the loss or, you know, whatever we may be experiencing. And I just kind of just wanted to point that out that sometimes when, especially with when it comes to that level and that much grief in a very short period of time, it's like your nervous system and your body really goes through things. And there's, um, I would just say there's embodiment practices that can really help, you know, even though we can say grieve and people just don't understand, well, how is that even helpful? But it really is. It's like once we're able to understand our body, then we will know, to be honest, you know, um, I just say whatever culture that someone is from, but even from the um, African culture of why dancing and why so many different rituals were put in place. These rituals were put in place really to help us. And we've gotten away from it because we've gotten away from the history of it, you know? But I just kind of wanted to point those things out. It's like, it's not just the fact that you're losing someone, but, you know, it's the spiritual side of it, but it's those sensations, the visceral that goes through our body that no one really never taught us what to do with it, what it is. And sometimes people may think something is wrong with them, but it's you're, you're dealing with all of this stuff inside your body and no one just never taught how to release it. And not to say it's going to be gone like in 
you know, if you're shaking or dancing, you know, it may be really there and it may come back, but it takes time for it to get released through the body. And I, again, I just wanted to kind of mention that. I completely agree with you. Um, and I can actually speak on the um, African ritual parts because uh, my parents are from Congo. Okay. Um, so if, 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 I, if I can just backtrack for a second. So mental health in um, foreigners is a little bit different. Um, a lot of them don't believe that mental health is a thing. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them just think that people are being weak and weak-minded. And um, that's one thing I, I also want to break, um, especially when it comes to foreign, like foreign people as well, because they probably deal with mental illness maybe a little bit more because they're in denial. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and as far as the, the rituals and us backtracking from things that are important, let's no longer backtrack, guys. Let's let's move forward like Toyota. Mm -hmm. You know, let's. Let's keep going. You know, those those things were put in place by our ancestors for a reason, you know, because obviously, I mean, look, look what the slaves had to go through 400 plus years ago and they didn't have mental health, anything mm -hmm. back then, you know, so they had to, they sang their Negro spirituals. They, you know, they wait in the water, you know, they did all of that, you know, and we as people, we need to keep those things going so we can have the positivity that they had. Because obviously a lot of them made it through because of the positivity that they had to exhibit during those times, so. Yeah, and the practices that they've had in place, you know, and um, I, I think about that sometimes, it's like, how did they, you know, because like nowadays, you know, we're looking at life and it's like, oh, you know, some people would say it's hard to, you know, uh, deal with life. And my opinion is with what our ancestors had to go through. I mean, even on the boat, none of us nowadays, most of us would not even be able to make it. So they were able to do some things, you know, that we're trying to get people to do now. You, you know what I mean? And so it's kind of like, yeah, let's go back there because of the fact, and when I say go back, meaning to the rituals and to the things and to learn because of the fact it was something. And again, when you're talking about the nervous system, what did they do to help with their nervous system? You know what I mean? So they can survive all of that, not only just on the boat, um, but definitely once they got, you know, here and they were able to do that. And like you said, yeah, let's look at those things, you know. And so with you, how are you able to navigate through the things that you experience? I know you did say that, like one, you developed a podcast and then two, you are an advocate. But what about you, you, how you're able to kind of move through those things so that you can, you know, put out this information to help others as well. So what I do, um, look, a lot of people don't believe. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say this first. So I am a believer of God. So, but I also practice, you know, meditating, manifesting. So, you know, I say my prayer, and then I tell God, like, hey, Lord, Lord, this is what I want. I'm going to have it, you know, and just get myself in like a husa kind of thing. Um, I think something you were talking about earlier, I've, I've never been good at pronouncing that word. Re Reiki? Re Reiki? Reiki. Mm -hmm. um, so like the chakras and all that good stuff. So I am into that kind of stuff as well. Um, mm -hmm. Crystals, sage. Mm -hmm. All that great stuff. So I do burn like sage, you know, to cl like cleanse the air. You know, I burn uh, like rosemary. What is that other one? Cedar. I burn mm -hmm. cedar. Um, it's just, you know, just to, just to cleanse the air, you know, cleanse the air of negativity. So that's some of the things that I do to just keep me together. I keep, you know, I meditate. I manifest and... And I try to keep my sanity. No, that, that's the, that, that's that's the biggest thing. I try I try my best not to let things get me down like I used to. 
I used to let everything get me down. And mm -hmm. now when I have, when I have stress, I just, I come together and I know mm -hmm. like, Hey, yes, I'm stressed out, but you have a lot of good things going. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. That positive self-talk can really help. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. Only thing I can say is we have to be very mindful about when it comes to the negativity, you know, like sometimes we may need to pay attention to it and to address certain things, but at the same time to make sure we have the positivity in it as well, because the way that the mind and the, the brain works, I just say whatever is the strongest and whatever is repeating the most, that's what it's going to pick up. It's like, even though you could be saying certain things, but if you're truly thinking about the opposite, it's going to really focus on the opposite because it's so strong or it's often. And so, yeah, it's, it's really important, you know, to have those things. And I really do like the fact, you know, because pretty much what you were describing is like a ritual. It's like when this happened, this is what I do. And I know like for some of the um, lister, listeners, they may not be accustomed to that. I can remember like when I was younger and one of my neighbors used to always uh, burn um, incense. You know, I didn't know anything about it. I was like, ooh, what's that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, because I wasn't <laughs> accustomed to the smell. But now that I've learned more about it, you know, and still continue to learn, I'm like, oh, okay. And I know, um, I don't know that much of the history of it from the... Um, African standpoint when it comes to burning, but it seems like I'm somewhat familiar with it. I would say like when it comes to the Indians. And so, um, but just in saying that the Indians had a lot of rituals as well, you know, that was very useful and, and, and um, this, that, and the other. So just in saying that, Basically, when I'm just telling people, you know, do the research, you know, do not say that this is not working or that is not working. And then for individuals who may have a therapist, if a therapist is not familiar with it, they may say something about it, you know, positive or negative. But hopefully the person would just say, I don't know that much about it and I can't say it because at the end of the day is really your choice or what you have in your rituals and is your belief. And it's not even just that. A lot of the stuff really works. Um, there's, I can't remember his name right now, but there's this one guy that I follow and he's really deep into healing. And he talks about, you know, meditation at a much deeper way. And I know that he is um, training in training to be, um, I can't remember the name of it, but some type of healer. And pretty much, you know, like when it comes to meditation, um, there's for some individuals, it literally have reversed like major medical history, uh, medical conditions. There are times in which doctors will say, hey, this is terminal, you know, there's nothing that we can do. But when people really start looking at themselves, taking care of themselves, um, sometimes just when it comes to the medical field, even with mental health, sometimes they just um, they know some, but they just don't know everything. And I advocate for to research, talk to people, investigate, because we can't ignore the people who said, you know, hey, this made me better. You know what I mean? So um, again, I'm saying all of that to say too, you know, with you and your rituals and that those are things that really go hand in hand and people can really learn from because when it comes to self-care, we definitely need to be intentional about it. I completely and 100% agree. Um, and speaking of which, I would definitely love that gentleman's information so I can <laughs> look him up because I would love to see what his um, meditation techniques are. That is actually really, really, really cool. Um, yeah, um, it's, you know, but just to reiterate, you guys um, got to make sure you're doing what's best for you. Um, something that Miss Brown had said um, before we started was um, therapy is not for everybody. Yeah. And it's not. Um, I've, I've tried it. Um, a little bit after my daughter died, they brought a therapist to my high school. And it was the most uncomfortable experience of my life. Mm -hmm. The lady was there with her notepad 
writing. Didn't bother to get up, ask me you know, any questions about how I was feeling about the recent death of my child. Mm. So I um, I walked out of the, because it was in the principal's office where we had the meeting. Mm-hmm. Walked out of that principal's office and I was like, oh, no, it's like, this is not for me. I don't want to speak to somebody that's just going to write with a piece of paper and a pen and just be like, how are you feeling today? How does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Do you feel better when you do this? I'm like, that's so blah. Yeah. You know, well, no, for me, yeah. I'm not going to discourage, I'm not going to discourage others, but for mm-hmm. me, that's blah. You know, I want, I want more of a, of a connection. If I was to do therapy again, I want somebody to be like, Hey, okay. So if you're going through this, what do you do when you do this? And then, you know, they break, they break something down or they tell me a story, you know, just, I just want everybody to be able to find what fits them. And if somebody's trying to what is that? Um, not shove it down your throat. What's that phrase when somebody's just trying to push you to do something? Um, and that too. That <laughs> like, too, but pretty much, yeah. But when it comes to therapy, you know, a lot of times you hear so much about it. And uh, I mean, there are some people who have great experience. And um, even when it comes to like finding a therapist, sometimes that's the hardest part is even getting that first appointment. And then even if you get that first appointment, it may not be the one because it is about connection, you know, and as a therapist, you know, we can't get, you know, feel a certain kind of way because someone didn't connect with us because it's just one of those things, you know, yep. But uh, but yeah, most definitely um, it's not for everyone. And even even for really the best therapist that can be out there, sometimes it just may not be for that person because of the fact when it comes to um, trauma, the uh, bit T trauma and the little T trauma, you know, the bit T is, I kind of call it the, the things that we can truly identify, you know, the loss of someone, you know, something uh, catastrophic um, when it comes to, you know, abuse, neglect and things like that. And the little T are kind of like the subtle things that um, sometimes there may be the things that you didn't get. Um, I heard, um, I believe it's Dr. Gabor Monty, he was the one that kind of uh, phrased that in that way when it comes to a little T. Or even it can be like if a parent um, or a teacher would tell a child, you know, don't do that. And then because they don't do that, starters them, that gets stuck, you know, um, in their emotional imprint, in their energetic imprint. And then a lot of times as adults, we're living from, you know, the things from our past, from our childhood or any experiences that we've had um, that was, you know, traumatic to our nervous system. That's probably the best way to look at it. It's traumatic mm-hmm. to the nervous system and it gets stuck and it does take some work. And so in saying that, in that it's beneficial, um, I'll say this, I am a firm believer that any therapist out there who do not have a embodiment practices is really not helping anyone, you know, and that can be where it comes to breathing, where it comes to um, Reiki, when it comes to dancing, when it comes to yoga, but something to really move the energy because nowadays we didn't have it before. And like I said, I wasn't even trained like that either, you know? And so, but now that we know more about trauma and what it does, it's not just about talking about it because talking about it doesn't always move the energy. You know, and so it's about moving that energy of um, the trauma so it can move past, you know, uh, or should I say move through the individual. And so and so that's why it's important to be able to get that. And even if a therapist doesn't have it, because sometimes some therapists are really are good to still at least find somebody or some practices to include in your own you know, um, healing journey. And just as being a human, to be honest, I'm like, hey, when it comes to self-care, we need to be moving. We need to be doing something to help with this energy because, you know, just the way life is, you know, we, um, there's so, I just feel like there's so much going on. Sometimes we may not even be aware that something has got into our energy system. And so this is why we need an embodiment practice that's as often, you know, if it's not daily, it needs to be as often though to to pretty much move. I like that. I like I like those plans. 
embodiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. A lot of them are just um, what is that? Um, paper, pencil, and chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you sit. You sit there and you talk for what forty five minutes an hour. You mm-hmm. you pay and you and you take your ass home. Excuse, yeah. my, excuse yeah. my language. Um, okay. It's just, it's uh, it's really, really disappointing though. Um, I really feel like if um, somebody is coming to you because they're trying to better themselves, I feel like therapists should maybe try doing different things. Like that seat, that chip, patient in chair, therapist in chair thing, I don't, like what Like what does that do? You, you, you sit here like this. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and how was your day? Mhm, 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 mhm. And how did that make you feel? Did you feel anything after you did that? Like, I mean, it's, I mean, like, who? Like, you, 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 you're gonna be sitting in that chair and be like, hey, I want to get out of here. I don't even want to pay for this session. Like, this is not even gonna help me. So, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you, Ms. Brown. I'll be very honest because we need more people like you. We really do because it's getting, I mean, it's getting out of hand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's one of the things that I'm um, in the process of doing and doing is really educating the community, educating others of just what's out there and you do have a choice. And, and like I said, you know, with the mental health field system itself, I mean, people are becoming more aware. There are more and more therapists who are um, yoga teachers, meditation teachers, Reiki, and things like that. As a whole, it's not there yet, but it's becoming that. But this is why it's so important for people to pretty much advocate for themselves and you and um, to have a self care, you know, regimen. And and to and I even want to say because like you were saying for people, you know, when it comes to the stigma of mental health. It's like even for us to look at mental health in a different way to almost kind of like normalize it. Because that's why I said, yeah, it's a disruption that when it comes to trauma, it's a disruption of the nervous system. Even when it comes to, you know, um, I was about to say crisis, but not crisis, but just stress. Stress is a disruption of the nervous system. It just doesn't know what to do. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, it's just kind of, you know, one of those things. I think that once people realize that, oh, well, when I lost someone, because most people has experienced that at some level, whether it's a friend or it's a family member that they have lost, most people can identify with that. Um, Like when it comes to separation and divorce or having some issues or a breakup, most people can experience that Um, when it comes to someone whom sometimes we either may know, it may not be as common, but usually we usually know someone who's has a child that may have, let's just say some exceptional abilities or may need some special care because of their exceptional abilities um, in that. And, you know, it's like that can cause a whole lot of stress. You know, it's not just for the child, but even for the family. And then when it comes to blended families um, and when it comes to someone dealing with a lot, like that is what mental health is all about. You know, it's about you taking care of yourself. Now, whether or not it goes in that arena of a mental illness, that's just really the severity of it. And so this is why, you know, we need to take care of ourselves on a daily basis because sometimes when it's too much, the nervous system doesn't know what to do and it does certain things to our brain. And it's just, it's just too much, you know, I mean, what you experienced, I mean, even just last year, that's a lot. And I'm pretty sure your body is like, what's going on here, girl? You know, it's like, we need to do something over here, you know? Yeah. And, and we're not always taught that because even in society, if, if you sitting in the corner, minding your business and you just like, oh, I need to take a deep breath. Somebody looking at you like, you all right? What's wrong with you? It's like, no, I'm cool. So let's normalize that too. You know what I'm saying? If somebody's sitting in the corner, minding their business and they're taking a good breath because they want to get some fresh air. Hey, let's normalize that, you know? Yes, ma'am. I'm all, I'm all for the corners and just taking deep breathing. But I also need people to um, also respect somebody's version of self-care. Mm-hmm. That's I like that. 
Mm. I, um, I have to, re- I, I have to re- reiterate that. Um, everybody's journey is not the same. Mm-hmm. And your way might not work for your, the friend that you know may be experiencing the same thing you are. Mm-hmm. So I need people to be respectful of whichever way somebody wants to do their self-care. So meaning if they want to burn that incense or like for me, example, when I get my sage, I put it all around me and be like, hey, you know, I'm removing all the negativity. Look, look at me. I can like I have it in my hand. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, remove the negativity from me today. You know, I even do it around my kids. You know, I sage them up so no negativity comes to my kids. You know, just respect everybody's way of how they want to do things. Um, the one thing that us humans forgot to do is be humane. Yeah. Um, we're not humane anymore. I am. And I know Ms. Brown is, but a lot of people have lost their way of being a human. Mm-hmm. And we need to bring that back because I feel like being human is a huge part of self-care as well. Because what I mean, what else are we? We're not dogs. We're not cats, we're humans, you know, but. Yeah, most definitely. And one way that we can be humane and that is to, you know, pretty much have um, affirmations in prayer. And so that goes into our sponsor from um, Shanti Olds and it's the prosperity prayers and affirmation. And so go to Shanti Olds. I don't know if you can see it here. But um, it's on the screen and I'm going to read just a brief passage. Um, I understand myself completely. I pray I commend to always be at a level that outshines the last version of me. Every cell in my body is dedicated to serious growth and development. And so being able to have something that you can read that helps that can help people to be in a humane way, you know? And so having different affirmations, you know, of course it doesn't have to come from this book, but this is one of the books from our sponsor that individuals can purchase. And they can also go to the um, website and um, Shanti has um, other things that are very helpful um, for your hair and for your skin. Um, And also um, Shanti does, art as well. And that's a way, and all of these are a way, and we're talking about mental health. This is a way of Shanti's expression of what he has gone through. And so he has turned things around for himself as well. And so how people can use, you know, um, art and their creativity to deal and work through um, things that they have gone through. So affirmation is definitely one of those things. I'm all I'm I'm all for affirmations. I used to have an app on my phone called I Am, mm-hmm. um, and every day or a few times a day, I would get something different. Like um, today, I will be a greater self, mm-hmm. or um, today, follow that dream that you've been putting in the back of your brain, or some you know something like that. So I'm I'm 100 all for affirmations. Do them, you know. Make sure you guys are doing them. Talk to yourself nicely. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Talk to yourself nicely. That's that's another thing that's a part of being humane is we don't talk to ourselves with kindness. We talk to ourselves like, you did wrong today. Why did you do that? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, man, you, you did wrong today. But you know what? You can pick yourself back up tomorrow. You know? Speaking positivity into your life gives you positive results. Speaking negativity into your life brings negativity to your life. So, I mean, it's honestly, a, it's a, you choose. Yeah. You, either, either you choose to clout your, your, your body with the negativity, the negative energy, or you decide to be a positive, uh, a positive force is what I want to say. A positive force and you take in all that positivity and live by it. Now, this is, I always have to say this, nobody's perfect, okay? Nobody is perfect by any means. So if you do have a bad day, don't beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. Pick, your, pick yourself back up from the bad day. Yes, most definitely. It's kind of like um, you can acknowledge it. I always say just don't stay in it too long, but definitely pick yourself back up. Most definitely. 
And so other than affirmations, are there any other like self-care uh, rituals that you have or go-to um, self-care modalities or practices? So another thing, um, I know this is going to be really, really odd. Another thing that I do to practice self-care is to follow my dreams. Oh, mm. Okay. That is not odd. Put it like this. We all need to do that. I have a friend and that's what they talk about. That creativity side is like how you can use your life experience to get what you want. Yes, yeah. ma'am. Follow your dreams. Follow, follow, follow your dreams. One of the biggest things um, is people, for some reason, I, it's part of being humane, um, like to put others down for having a dream. Mm -hmm. Um but I'm here to remind you guys that a dream is a wish your heart makes when you're asleep. Now, wake up and make that dream into a reality. Mm -hmm. That is a big thing of self-care. Some people are in a job right now that they absolutely hate. Why are you, do why are you doing that to yourself? Mm -hmm. what, what, what are you doing that for? You know, save your money from that job. Start that business that, you've been, that you talked about five years ago. So that way you're not working under somebody. You are your own boss and you're doing everything for yourself. Another thing, um, when people are like, oh, I want to do this, but I don't have the education for it. Go out there. Go to school if you want to. I know college is costly, but scholarships, you guys, grants, if everything is within reach. You guys, you guys have to look for it. You have to find it. You have to want it. You have to want it. Yeah. And then also, too, when it comes to education, because I used to interpret education as um, getting a degree. And then I was having a conversation with someone and I could just, I just say they corrected me. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like it's really about learning, you know, and nowadays is so different because even like um, I've got my MSW um, in social work, master in social work, like years and years ago, and it's completely different now. And to be honest, if someone wants to go into social work or wants to go into mental health, I will really have a conversation of what do they really want to do? Because nowadays there's so many different options, you know. So really, a degree. I would say in social work and somewhere in the mental health field, it really depends on where you want to work. You know, so if you want to work at Pacific Place, yes, get a degree. But if there are certain things you want to do, you may not need that because there are so many different um, life coaches that do wonderful jobs. And sometimes in the mental health field, they may frown against it. But one thing that I've seen, there's no way that the mental health system can really survive without them because they can't sustain, you know, everyone anyway. And when it comes to helping, um, I just say when it comes to our mental health, go where you feel that you can get the most help. But just in saying that, there's just so many different options, because even when you look at uh, meditation and yoga and mind finance, like nowadays, there's studies, you know, at one time, they're like, oh, there's no studies out there. But now there are studies and they're coming and coming and proving the benefits that these things have. I mean, even when it comes to dancing, when it even comes to music and like music therapy has always been out there, but do somebody really need to have a degree in music? You, you know what I'm saying? And nowadays, but it depends on where they want to work. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? And so there's so many different options that people have when it comes to following your dream. And yes, getting an education and that is, whatever that education means to you, you know? Yes. But yes, that is so, so, so important. And so with um, everything that you do, um, what would you say is kind of like, I guess you could say like the main message that you want people to know or to have? My main message is take care of your health. And I mean, all of your healths. Don't put one health over another. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're taking care of all of your healths. You deserve to be healthy physically, emotionally, mentally, sexually, and all of the above. 
start taking care of yourselves because you deserve a better you. Yeah. And one thing that I will add to that is the sooner and the more you take care of your whole self, the better that you would be later on. Because I know in our society, it pretty much have had like, as you get older, then you have certain health conditions. And some of that comes from being exposed to constant stress, but then also um, not taking care of yourself too, you know, and it's a lot when parents are older, individuals are older and their children or their younger loved ones have to take care because what end up happening, meaning that the cycle kind of continues, that person end up getting sick because they're taking care of the other person um, and things like that. So I just want to just kind of horn on of how important it is to take care and that, you know, of course, you know, when loved ones get sick, you know, they're going to be taken care of, but let's, for those of us who are not there, our goal is not to get there. Cause I always say when it comes to my nieces and nephews, I want, and my godchildren, I want them to look after me and not to have to take care of me because there's a bit difference when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Because again, I mean, I've, I've had it, you know, um, twice with my mom and my stepdad, you know, before their passing. And even though there was instance where I was the secondary caregiver, but it, it's hard even as a secondary or even third, you know, caregiver. So it's just, it's some of it is the energy of it and everybody plays different parts of what they do. And I always say, I would never change anything or what I did. The only thing that I would change is even though I was taking care of myself, I just would have done it more, just done it more, more mm. so than anything else, you know, like more lunch dates, more going mm. out more sitting yeah. in silence like i did some of that stuff but i just would have done more of it because it was a lot you know it's it's a lot yes ma'am it is and i completely agree with you um iso isolating yourself um well i'm just gonna say like this isolating yourself is not self-care too much mm -hmm. um unless you're doing something like positive while you're isolating yourself like i said meditation mm -hmm. yoga etc um, but just to, um, write off of what she, um, said, I don't know who believes in generational curses, but mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. Um, it's time to break those as well. Um, self-care is definitely a starter for gen breaking a generational curse. For example, if you used to see um, your parents be stressed out about everything when you were growing up and now you're going through that, break that cycle. Mm -hmm. Break that cycle. Take care of yourself. Get the help that you need. Ignore the people that have the issue with the stigma. I'm going to keep talking about that, the stigma of, of that. It needs to be broken. Mm -hmm. It needs to be broken so we can accept healing fully. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's start that process. Yeah, most definitely. And one thing that I like to um, hone in on is that, you know, there's nothing wrong with anybody when you're going through something. I mean, right. For the most part, when you're going through something, it's the normal thing that will happen to almost anyone. And then how you're thinking, how you're reacting, you know, for the average person that would be in your shoes would react in the same way. And then a lot of it too is our nervous system. Our nervous system is really built to be in a calm, peaceful state. So anything outside of that, it really goes into overdrive. And we literally have to overdrive it, you know, to overtake it in order to like, let me get myself calm. And this is where the breathing comes in because it helps settles the body, settles the mind, it settles your nervous system. And even though I'm talking about it in that way, but once it gets disrupted, there's so much stuff that ends up happening. And this is why it's so important you know, um, it's, it's almost kind of like, even if you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you this, that, and the other, you know, like, hey, your dog knows this and you need to take this medication, whether it's for a medical condition or a mental illness in that, 
it's really good for you to be able to do your own research as well, because there's so many different ways of how something can be healed. There's so many different ways of how someone can get better. And then, you know, um, in the medical field, there's this saying is that, especially when it comes to medication, oh, the benefits outweighs the side effect. It does it really. I mean, I've seen some things and sometimes those side effects, you know, <laughs> You know, it's like who who makes that judgment really? Because at the end of the day, the doctors and the therapists, they're not in that person's mind, they're not in that person's body, and they don't have to live with that person, you know. Um, just to share one time, um, I had a um I was having some symptoms, and at the time, I can't remember, oh, what was it? I can't remember the diagnosis. Uh, what was it? But anyway, I know I was given Prozac. And it was just 10 milligrams of Prozac. It was just 10, which is, that's where most people start. They start at 10, even with that 10 milligrams of Prozac. And at that time I was working from home and I was sitting at the desk and I'm like, I'm not myself. And I get what people are saying. I never, you know, like, I mean, uh, clients would tell me this, like, Sharon, you just don't understand. I just feel like a zombie. And I understood at that time, you know, I felt like I was outside of my body. And, you know, um, me, not because I was in mental health, because I was just me, <laughs> but because that, because uh, I only had to take it at certain times because it had something to do with my cycle. That's what it was. It was that um, chronic... Um, uh, I can't think of the name of it right now, but when it comes to the menstrual cycles, it's the uh, chronic menstrual cycle syndrome, something like that. That's not the exact name of it, um, but that's what they thought that I had. And they gave me the Prozac for it because every time I would have, every time my cycle would come on like a week before, I would have like crazy dreams and just stuff outside of myself. Um, the medication, like I said, it made me feel like a zombie and then when it when I decreased it to have, uh, it was a pill, so I was able to cut it in half. Then I felt normal, and you know, and it benefited. And the doctor, my OBGYN, she's like, "Oh, I didn't even know you could put it in half." And she didn't even know that she gave me the pill. She, I think she thought she gave me the capsule, but I'm glad that she did. And again, I wouldn't encourage people to do that. And that's why I said I did it for me. I didn't do it because I was in mental health and I was thinking about it in a certain way. No, I was thinking about. I feel like I'm a, I'm a zombie, but my whole point is how can someone tell me or tell anyone that the side effect of feeling like a zombie is better than, you know, because you're experiencing so many symptoms, you know what I mean? Um, but it, at the end of the day, it wasn't even that diagnosis. It was another um, medical condition that I had and I uh, gotten off that medication. And so, again, people could be misdiagnosed, even though symptoms can look like something, but it could be, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> it could be something else. Um, something else. But yeah, but the whole point is, is that, that um, the side effects don't always, I mean, the benefits doesn't always outweigh the side effect. And no one else can really decide that, you know, for you, for me, or for anyone else. You really have to decide that for yourself. And what I encourage people to do because of that, there are so many, you know, different um, modalities out there, practices out there that people have gotten well. Because um, even like uh, with Joe Dispenza, he... Um, He's real big on um, meditation and in his, um, he, he's, he's been able to show how it has reversed, you know, um, mental health issues for people and also medical issues. And now he has universities who want to work with him to do even more studies to prove it. And, um, you know, um, anyone can go to his website. He has individuals that have testimonies on there of how how they participated, you know, in his um, in his programs and have gotten better. And I would just say this. If you're not able to afford his program, definitely get his book because it shows what you can do. But for anything, you got to put in the work. 
And that's the thing that I tell people, even when you go to therapy, you can feel good after you leave therapy. But if you're not integrating them, you know, sometimes for some people, it depends on what's going on with you. You know, you may not be able to fully recover until you're consistently putting in the work. I completely agree. Yeah, most definitely. And so we're coming um, to the end now. And I just one want to remind people that our sponsor is Shanti Oars. And that's Shanti.Oars. Um, and you can uh, go to his website. Um, I'm saying his website, but go to his store and order the book and other products that uh, they have out there. So I do appreciate for the sponsorship when it comes to that. And so any last words from you that you'd like to leave the audience? My last words will also be my first words as well. Get out there and take care of you. Don't let anyone deter you from becoming your better self. If you feel the need that you need to take care of yourself, go do it. It's, it's the time. It's, it's 2023 and there's all these stigmas. Like I, like I, you guys are gonna hear me say that a lot. I love that word, stigmas. Um, and things just need to be broken so people yeah. can start to heal. Yeah, most definitely. And I hope that one day, even if we don't use the word stigma in it anymore, that we know what people are talking about. You know, meaning like that would be the time that we know is not is no longer a stigma. You know. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, that's that's my hope for that. And so for everyone else, again, this is Sharon, the host of Self Care You Podcast. Definitely go to my um, website, um, www.hafirmholisticnetwork.net for any updates regarding upcoming um, upcoming workshops and events that I'm having and everything else. And so we really do appreciate you listening to this episode of Self-Care You Podcast. Since you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe to Self-Care You Podcast on Anchor or Spotify. You can also find us on YouTube at Sharon D. Brown Self-Care Authority. For updates on self-care workshops, training, and conferences, visit us at www.ourfirmholisticnetwork.net and that's holistic with the W. Follow Sharon on Instagram at I am Sharon D. Brown. Thank you and I'll see you on the next episode. Stay informed, advocate, and be a compassionate self-care giver.